BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. A judge has struck down San Diego Unified School District's COVID-19 student vaccination mandate, saying it conflicts with state law. In his ruling, San Diego Judge John Meyer said that only the state legislature can mandate a vaccine for students attending classes without a personal belief exemption. He said San Diego Unified overstepped its authority by not allowing for personal belief or religious exemptions. A high school student in the district sued over the mandate arguing that it was a form of religious discrimination. This comes as the district hit an important milestone yesterday. That was the deadline for thousands of students, 16 and older, to have received their second dose of the vaccine. Those who weren't fully vaccinated would have had to learn remotely beginning in late January. It's unclear if the school district will appeal the ruling. An attorney representing San Diego Unified said they were disappointed in the decision. Public school students are on break this week, and with the Omicron variant rapidly on the rise, many California districts sent students home with school-issued rapid COVID testing kits. As KQED's Julia McAvoy explains, it's part of an effort to make sure kids don't bring the coronavirus back to school with them. The state's Department of Public Health is providing the kits free to districts. In San Diego Unified, some 98,000 were sent home with children. Susan Barndoller is the district's head of nursing and wellness. The more that people can test, the better. Knowledge is power. And so they really want to get at-home tests into the hands of families and students. The district wants all kids, vaccinated or not, to test on December 31st, then again the morning they return to school on January 3rd. In Oakland, the district has a similar winter break at-home testing program and directs parents to how-to videos. Aprendamos cómo puedes completar la prueba tú mismo y leer tus resultados en solo unos minutos. Oakland parent of two, Kim Watson, says her kids are vaxxed and the family is limiting holiday gatherings, but she appreciates the district's proactive move. Especially after seeing infections spike in 2020 after the holidays. If the COVID home test kits can prevent just one student or family from being exposed to COVID, uh, I think the investment and decision to send home kits home are well worth it. Districts are using various portals for uploading to local and state health departments. None of this is mandatory, however. It just relies on families to do their part on behalf of their schools. For the California Report, I'm Julia McAvoy.
California Governor Gavin Newsom thinks he's found a way to crack down on illegal guns in a way that will avoid being struck down by the federal courts. As his model, he's using a Texas law empowering ordinary people to sue anyone who helps a woman get an abortion. KQED Politics Editor Scott Schaefer reports. Texas essentially outsources enforcement of its strict anti-abortion law to private individuals who can file lawsuits. The Supreme Court allowed that law to stand, for now, while also blocking lawsuits against government officials, like the Texas Attorney General who defends state laws in court. Governor Gavin Newsom didn't mince words about the high court's recent ruling. I think it was a terrible decision by the United States Supreme Court. Newsom, a staunch supporter of abortion rights, saw an opportunity for California. And to the extent this decision's used to put women's right lives at risk, we're going to use this decision to save people's lives by addressing the issue of gun violence here in the state of California. Newsom is proposing a new law to allow private individuals to sue people who make, sell, or distribute weapons banned in the state, including assault weapons and so-called ghost guns. So he's basically saying, "Okay, I'll see your opinion in the Texas abortion case and I'll raise you a new gun control law. That's Jessica Levinson, a professor of law at Loyola Law School in Los Angeles. It was really just a matter of moments until there was some blue state governor that was going to say, "Okay, the Supreme Court's told us exactly how we can pass laws, try and evade judicial review. So I'm going to go ahead and pass a law that protects X, Y or Z. Although California has some of the toughest gun laws on the books, the state has had more than its share of mass shootings in recent years. Our top story is breaking news in Santa Barbara County. A gunman went on a mass shooting near UC Santa Barbara. The violence erupted last night west of the UCSB campus in Isla Vista. There are nine separate crime scenes. A mass shooting with casualties at a crowded family food festival in Northern California. Habad Poway near San Diego was packed when a 19-year-old white male shooter entered with an AR-style rifle and opened fire at 11.23 a.m. Authorities say he killed an older woman and injured at least three others. Crimes like those and gun violence in general are often carried out with weapons banned in California. One of the people working to create the legislation Governor Newsom wants is California Attorney General Rob Bonta. His legal strategy is based on the anti-abortion law in Texas. Generally private individuals who could uh, provide a force multiplier to support our common-sense gun safety laws to make more people safe and save more lives. Even some supporters of the Texas law worried in briefs filed with the Supreme Court that this legal framework could backfire, says Sarah Parshall-Perry with the Heritage Foundation in Washington. I think there are conservatives who are concerned that there is going to be sort of a copycat effort. Perry says the Supreme Court is giving a roadmap to challenge all kinds of rights by blocking off federal courts as a way to challenge state officials who implement the laws. For particularly disfavored constitutional rights, whether that's freedom of speech, freedom of religion. And gun owners' rights. California Assemblyman Mike Gibson, a former cop from Los Angeles, has authored legislation against ghost guns. Now he's eager to carry Governor Newsom's latest gun control idea. California is unique and other states follow California. We hope that they will follow this lead once it gets on the governor's desk signed into law. Of course, there's a long way between an idea and a law, especially a controversial one like this. The challenges are right enshrined in the Second Amendment. That said, it seems to be a fight Governor Newsom would relish. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer in San Francisco.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Walmart operates more than 300 stores across California. And according to a lawsuit by the attorney general's office and a dozen DAs, the retail giant has been knowingly dumping hazardous waste at local landfills, despite being sued before over the very same issue. KQED's Rachel Myro has more. This lawsuit follows another one in 2010, settled on the condition Walmart clean up its act and stop widespread dumping of toxic items like latex paints, LED lights, and toxic cleaning supplies and pesticides. Here's Attorney General Rob Bonta. We have a recalcitrant uh, entity in Walmart who, despite a prior settlement, has failed to comply with its duties under the law, and uh, we're teaming up uh, to make sure that they do going forward. Bonta and 12 district attorneys are joined in the lawsuit by the California Department of Toxic Substances Control. No comment yet from Walmart. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Myro. Hotels in Los Angeles just hit a pandemic recovery milestone with bookings returning to 100 percent of their pre-pandemic levels. The comeback places L.A.'s tourism recovery well ahead of the national average. KCRW's Megan Jamerson has more. The strong recovery is also a sign that the threat of new coronavirus variants is not stopping a pent-up demand for vacation. According to the international hotel commerce platform SiteMinder, most of the bookings are for pleasure, with tourists traveling from other parts of California and nearby states like Arizona and Nevada. Business trips to the City of Angels, or anywhere really, are still rare in the age of virtual meetings. But there's slowly been an uptick in group bookings for things like weddings and retreats. This is all welcome news for an industry that's been struggling to keep up their standards during staffing challenges and supply chain shortages. Hotel managers say it's been difficult and more expensive to stock basics like cleaning supplies, linen, and food. And they've been hit by the national worker shortage, where more Americans are unwilling to work for the wages common in food services. For the California Report, I'm Megan Jamerson in Los Angeles. Fortunately, no major damage or injuries have been reported along the north coast after a 6.2 quake hit the region just after noon yesterday. The earthquake was centered in the ocean about 45 miles off Eureka in Humboldt County. Caroline Titus has lived in Ferndale, a Humboldt County town of less than 1,500 people, for 30 years. She says the shaking was pretty strong. I said to my husband, boy, that that's a heck of a wind coming. It sounded like a big windstorm. And we both stopped and he said, that's an earthquake. And bam, it hit. Titus is a contributing editor for the Ferndale Enterprise. She says business owners and locals are recovering well, thanks to proactive community efforts. So, but overall, we're, oh, the town is open. It's very festive, uh, Christmassy feeling. 
And as I said, the community rallied, and thank goodness for our volunteer fire department, and we also have a new uh, CERT team, community emergency response team of volunteers who were walking around checking on people and making sure everybody was okay. So no injuries, talk to the police chief, no injuries, uh, just a lot of uh, pain-in-the-butt type damage and cleanup. The last time a quake of this magnitude hit the region was in 1993. The removal of invasive species from the Lake Tahoe Basin is underway. It's the largest effort to date. Cap Radio's Ed Fletcher reports. Once the snow melts, workers will resume lining two creeks feeding the lake with 17 acres of black tarps. The goal is to smother the Eurasian water mill foil and other invasive plants. Sarah Muskoff, an aquatic biologist with the Forest Service, explains the problem. When these plants become established, they alter the water clarity, making the water brown because they're growing and dying. Muskoff says dead plant life changes the creek bed from sandy to muddy, creating the conditions that help other invasive species thrive, further damaging the lake ecosystem. Jeff Cowan is a spokesperson for the Tahoe Regional Planning Agency, another partner in the effort. Invasive species have been coming into Tahoe on boats and trailers for, for decades, but for a long time, no one was really able to do anything about it. Cowan says inspections are slowing the introduction of new species, but actually removing them is needed to restore vital wetlands. Five acres of tarps are in place. Officials hope to finish the installation by June. For the California Report, I'm Ed Fletcher in Sacramento. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, December 21st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Alex Hall. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at PaintCare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 
Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Happy reading!